0: Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was AJ Liebling who said, People have made a triumph of the delicious apple because it doesn't taste like an apple, and of the golden delicious because it doesn't taste like anything. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in one bite, two bites, or oops, I ate the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet, I feel that hot blood in my body. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, Eat, Drink, and Be Merry. Here's what's coming up on the show. We have Stuart O'Keefe. He's the author of The Quick Six Fix. And what he means is six ingredients, six minutes prep, six minutes cleanup. These recipes are so great. We're going to tell you about those And we're going to start with something. You know how there's an abundance of vegetables at the farm stands, even in the supermarket, in your own garden? We're going to get to what to do with some of those and the sell-by date. What can you have past the sell-by date in the store? You know that date where they say it must be consumed by. Is that real? Turns out, not so much. We're going to talk with you about that too. My treasured food buddies are here: senior contributors Chris Prosperi and Alex Province. Hey, everybody! Hey, hey! hey, hey, hey. Good to have you here. We're going to start with something that is so much fun. Mm. My nearest and dearest, Amy Gross, made a suggestion at lunch the other day. We were having tomatoes, caprese, you know, with um, a little bit of pesto, mozzarella, buffalo mozzarella, and fresh basil from the garden. And she said, wouldn't this sauce that's in here, the juice, make an incredible martini? My eyes almost bugged out of my head. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, please. I said, that is genius. Bartender. jumped up and started to try and make it. And what I came to was a pesto Bloody Mary martini because... I wasn't in the mood, nor did I have the time at that moment to drain the tomato for tomato water that takes 24 hours. So Uh. you're going to hear the creation of a cocktail. You'll hear us changing it, and it'll be posted on our website, a Pesto Bloody Mary. This is the season. You've got basil out there. You've got an abundance of incredible tomatoes. Alex brought in, we're so thankful, all the ingredients. Alex, Mm. what have you got there?
2: So we have delicious pesto that I made. Remember Barb had that tomato recommendation? For, what are they called? The sun gold? These sun are golden.
1: sun. Barbara Pearson from White Flower Farm. Those are sun golden. I have them in my garden. So I grew so these. So
2: good. We have some it's nice... the
1: only thing in my garden. That's no, okay. No, I have herbs. <laughs> <Yeah>. But listen, <laughs> if that's your earth. only thing,
2: that's a good thing. <laughs> not, not so bad. So we got tomato juice, not tomato <laughs> water. We've got our shaker and some and do you
1: have you have spicy here, too. Yeah, I brought I spicy, V8. too. We can see which one works best. Walk and, me
2: through Amy's dream here.
1: You know, she wants tomato water, but we're going to do a version that I like. So, Alex, you've got, pour in a glass. Let's mix this we right like up. feel like a flight attendant. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> a little jars. So, what are you starting with, the spicy or the plain? Well, what, let's start with the plain first and Very see good. how that works. Into your sh- cocktail shaker. Put the vodka in first, right? How much are you going to put in for um, the three of us? Two, three ounces. Yeah. Three ounces. Okay. okay. We'll okay. Call that good. Excellent. We happen to be using Kettle One vodka because we like it a lot. Let's okay. put
2: a scoop of pesto in, right?
1: Okay. You're going to do one teaspoon of pesto sure. just we'll to try it out? I don't know about you but I mm. love Chris are oh you gosh. at the restaurant do you make this pesto oh I mean gosh. this time of
0: year we're just floating in oh, right we have basil outside it. and we're just picking it every day and you have
1: to keep deadheading it yeah, because of, because of, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay alex uh, what's going in you've got a sh- cocktail shaker of ice a teaspoonful or two one heaping teaspoon okay of and pesto. then uh some tomato juice going in you could mm-hmm. use your health food store version well this if you was want. just
2: the plain Campbell's first just the yeah. plain tomato oh. juice <laughs> yeah. with no seasoning or yeah. anything
1: oh okay the top goes one. on the okay. shaker okay go for it babe <laughs> you ready to test
2: it's pretty
1: cold Okay, so in our house we do a hundred shakes. Hundred shakes. But, <laughs> I don't mean to embarrass you. <laughs> On radio we do twenty-five. We do, do we? we uh, do four. Are we garnishing with these sunbuds? Okay. Oh sure. Looks huh? like a floater It does look like a We're gonna try this out now. That floater. was just with heaping teaspoonful of homemade pesto, or you could buy it store bought. Plain Campbell's tomato with no spice in it, and ice, and vodka.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. That is pretty good.
1: Well, that wow! Is, it tastes
0: like a pizza.
1: Seriously, it, it tastes like a pizza. That is it tastes really like pizza. fantastic, right there. Mm. I'm calling right. this the
0: pizza cocktail.
1: What should we do? Should we? I try want to try it? it with
0: the spice. Yeah, because okay. I'm a spice guy. I think the yeah. heat's going to make this even right. better. Oh my
1: god, this is so good! Doesn't it taste like pizza? Mm. Am I crazy? It's the
2: cheese,
0: I think. Right?
1: Yeah, All it the tastes like
0: pizza. Oh
2: my this god. is
1: pizza in a dude. You invented a, pizza a, in a glass. A, 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 <laughs>
0: I don't want to eat my pizza anymore. I just want to who drink needs, it. Who needs to
1: eat when you can drink martinis? No kidding, this Your is influence. genius. This is
0: pizza in a glass. It, it really,
1: it starts with Amy Gross. Second, you know, I'm just adding a <laughs> so little, good. saying let's make it a pesto bloody mary. So Alex is starting again. This, honestly, is how cocktails get made. Even experienced bartender people, and we like to make cocktails here on the show, this is how they do it. They're trying things, and we invite you to do the same thing. Your favorite vodka. Now Alex is doing the same thing, three ounces of vodka. He's putting in the spicy V8 juice. A sun-gold tomato for garnish. You could use a basil leaf to garnish. And his homemade pesto. A heaping teaspoonful. And here we go. Are
0: you counting? Yes, 100, <laughs>
2: 102.
1: Right, who, needs, who needs me to tell you what to do? That is really ridiculous. I use
2: the frostbite, to tell me frostbite technique. All right. Too cold to hold, as Anthony would say.
1: Anthony Deserio, our cocktail guy Do mm. you know that Sun Gold Tomato is really good Yeah,
0: right, that just finishes it right I'm telling you, this is a pizza A New <laughs> well, York style pizza no
1: oregano, and there's no, no garlic no.
0: Oh, there's garlic and yeah, the, the pesto oh.
2: But no oregano, so you right. Pesto was fresh basil
1: so passing Garlic, it lots over. of garlic, pine now nuts Now we're going to see how this is spicy Alright, so I like the first one better First one much better, mm-hmm. because The spice is overpowering every flavor, including the pesto for me. So I'm with plain tomato juice. You can get it at your organic, at your health food store, maybe your supermarket. You can get just regular V8. So this is posted right now at foodschmooze.org. Schmooze is spelled S-C-H like school. All of our recipes on the show are up there, including the recipes from the Quick Six Fix. Six ingredients, six minutes of prep, and six minutes of cleanup. Really, really interesting book. Good recipes. Alex, thank you for bringing in the ingredients. And Chris, thanks for testing. Amy Gross, thank you (laughs) so much for the basic idea of this. And I think we've invented something. I love
2: it. So, do we have any pasta hanging around? No, I still a pesto.
1: Yeah, you could do a chilled pasta with this. Great, great mm. idea. All right, let's move over to this story. So here on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, we sat up at attention when we read that most foods are just fine for days, weeks, and yes, even months past the sell-by dates on the package. But here's where we're going to start. There is one of my favorite Gregory drawings in The New Yorker magazine, and it looks like this. Let me describe Uh it to the two of you. There are two cavemen, and they're seated cross-legged in this typical cave, and one says to the other something's just not right. Our air is clean. Our water is pure. We all get plenty of exercise. Everything we eat is organic and free range, and yet nobody lives past 30.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Now that's a statement. So Uh I adore this thing because it's a punchline in 32 simple words, and it says everything about how tortured we are by fear, especially Mm -hmm. food fear. Uh And it's not that we don't know. Of course, in the food world many things are wrong. We know that. But the amount of fear that we seem to have is off the charts. It's sometimes promoted by media to attract eyeballs. We know that. So you don't need my take on this, but I just want to use it because it's a great way to get into this topic of how long past the sell-by date. This is what we learned. We have this posted on our site, foodschmooze.org. We tell you, based on a New York Times article, what is acceptable in terms of what you can consume past the sell-by date. So, Chris, you probably know this more than the rest of us, but as a general rule, according to the Times article, most foods that we consume can be eaten days, weeks, and this fooled me, even months past the dates printed on the packaging. Yeah. Is that a surprise to you, oh my Alex? Gosh. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm always afraid that, you know, even if I'm near a date, that if you eat it the next day, you're going to get sick and be up all night sick exactly. or something or get botulism or something. There's two
0: dates, right? The one date that people always misunderstand is the sell-by date, which has nothing to do with another date you see sometimes on it, not always because there's no laws here, is the use-by date. Yes, that's the one. And even the the use-by date is not an indication of when you should use it by because these are just arbitrary numbers that the food manufacturers or the dairies or if it's milk or whatever just put on there. There's no rhyme or reason to why it's wow. sell-by so, next Tuesday. So but how why close is it sell are you to, like, food Tuesday? poisoning
2: then?
1: No, you're not. You're, you're, <laughs> let me, so, so this is good. This is a great mm-hmm. question. Yep. This is the Times article I'm quoting from. We have this posted And if you have debates in your house, I think all of us do. I know in my house there's a constant debate about, but it's the use-by, the sell-by. I don't think we should Should buy this. this. Okay. It says this. As a general rule, you heard me say, consume days, weeks, even months past the date printed on the packaging. And then someone from the Natural Resources Defense Council says, our bodies are well-equipped to detect when food is spoiled. There's only one exception you're saying, use your nose Bot- right Botulism. but there's no one exception no. if the food is moldy, mm-hmm. not cheese because cheese yeah, is can be moldy cheese gets great because it's uh-huh. moldy, so let's take cheese off the table okay, but everything else Back if it's fridge. moldy inside the jar, yep. you know we put our fingers in the jar or we just take the lid okay. off, and after five days there's mold growing in there. If you see mold unless it's cheese. Get rid of it.
2: A given, right? And if you see a Should speck be. of it, then it's there. Right? It's gone. Yes. Yeah. It's done. So, um, Don't
1: risk it. Yeah. The worst thing is a foodborne illness mm-hmm. that is from a kind of bacteria, Listeria, that mm-hmm. makes people really sick. So mold mm-hmm. on food is going to do that. But all these sell by dates, they're saying no. I'm quoting most foodborne illness occurs when food's been contaminated by a pathogen on a farm. At a processing plant, mm. not from decay or aging. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> um, like so it's E. Coli. You know, from if you're pregnant, you've got to be so so careful. Yep. I'd be like crazy. And young, if I were old, pregnant, I'd be crazy like the, careful. The very
0: young and the elderly have to be very careful with this too.
1: So, Listeria is, you see, can grow. I, I will say, get a jar of peppers, use them, put it in the refrigerator. It's in the refrigerator, so I think it's going to be fine. I take it out, and there's mold in the jar. Even in a refrigerator, listeria can grow. So if you see mold on it, out it goes. If you have a pasteurized dairy product, including eggs and milk, perfectly fine past that sell-by date. Eggs can be eaten. This is the one that blew my mind. Yeah, Eggs it's Eggs can be eaten Check three to five weeks uh-huh. after the use-by. Not the sell-by date. Not the sell-by, the but the more use, liberal yeah. use-by well, date. Uh-huh. And she said, if you want to know <laughs> yeah. if your egg, because mm-hmm. you can't believe it. Yep. Three to five weeks is okay. You just drop it in a glass of water. If it floats, yep. it's bad. If it sinks, it's good. Yep. <laughs> this article is posted at If foodschmoose.org. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, and then we have a reference there, as the Times does, to another site where you can check all kinds of things. So yeah. how much food are
0: we throwing away? Over
2: an half? An enormous
1: no, not, amount.
0: Sorry. Just under half of the amount of food we purchase in the United States gets thrown away. Wow for this reason. Yes. For this reason, right? For the it's past this date, this arbitrary, right? Whatever date that's on the food. The number one thing you have to remember is mishandling. Like what you said about the jar. If you want a jar of peppers or whatever it is, you put in your refrigerator to last the longest amount of time, you set it. Keep your fingers out of it. Use a clean spoon or a clean tong every time you're you go introducing in stuff into yes, it. Yes. The stuff that's on your finger, that can grow into this stuff that's Thank not you,
1: good. Chris, because how many times yeah. I say on our mm-hmm. website, how many times a I stuck my fingers into a jar to grab mm-hmm. a piquillo pepper, yep. to grab olives, <laughs> yeah. and Ooh. then suddenly there's yeah. something growing in there, uh-huh. and I haven't made the connection. So I yeah. see it's now, as simple as just that. use my tongs, yeah. use a fork, Here's anything. one that
2: always gets me, though. The um, sun-dried tomatoes that come in a tube mm-hmm. say clearly, like, use mm-hmm. within two weeks of opening. And that's, like, something that you hardly even, you know, go through a tube mm-hmm. in two weeks. Arbitrary. And I always throw it away. I, I open it up
1: I and think, I use yeah, it. And so I think, I'm not doing that yeah, anymore. I think
0: the European model is the best. Do you know we what they do? Them. It was packaged, picked, put into the container on this date. Mm-hmm. So that's what they give you, what, right?
1: What are you supposed to make of
0: that, though? But that's at least an idea in your head. Okay, the eggs are three weeks old. Okay, right? Because you know the egg was harvested because it tells you the harvested date or so the I packaging date. So I have to learn. Date. So, how but you long? just yeah, and and you just did. You just learned that eggs can last three to four weeks, right? Yeah. See,
1: but the rules that all our food science people and nutrition people mm-hmm. are listening now, but especially food science and they're, I don't know if something is in vinegar. What's the rule? If something is sugar. in oil, if there's oil in the product, does that change it?
2: Because botulism you can get yeah, making listen, making
0: vinegar, like listen, olive oil, seasoned
1: with garlic. With garlic. garlic. Yeah.
0: But it has so, to be there first, right? Botulism doesn't just happen. The garlic has to be uh-huh. contaminated by the botulism already. And, and then, then there. you oh, put it in the environment that it grows well. The, the rule is, is that just keep your food safe. Here's a good example. We pickle peppers at the restaurant, right? My chef's doing it right now. We get these uh, banana peppers from... From a farm and we pickle gallons of it and these gallons of pickled and they're just in pure vinegar they can last in our refrigerator untouched for months not weeks uh. months but if someone goes in there to make their own personal sandwich my staff and they stick their hands in to pull the pepper mm-hmm. out which they should never do we can lose that entire gallon in a few days so and you can see the mold. Equipment. Yeah, you can see the mold exactly. starting growing and on top. And, and we know exactly what happened. Someone stuck their hand
1: in. I won't <laughs> even. You know how you double dip with your own yogurt? Yes. Mm-hmm. I just read that it ruins the uh, beautiful bacteria in yogurt if you do that. You must keep it pristine. If you dipped your spoon into the yogurt once, don't go back again if it's been in your mouth. These kinds of things. (laughs) All right, so it's at foodschmooze.org, and we have coming up a beautiful wine for you, the Quick Six Fix cookbook all kinds of things coming your way that are fun more mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead as i promised on the faith middleton food schmooze i hope you will make a charitable contribution to feed the hungry we are online right now at foodschmooze.org the site is booming and we thank you we'll be right back Hey, kids in cars, that's for you. <laughs> also, we have a free podcast for you. What does that mean? It means that you don't have to miss a drop of pleasure on the show. You go to our website, you sign up for it once, and then we automatically send you the show every single week, and you can listen on your schedule if you want to pass it on to somebody you can. It's free, and then you get our delicious, curated food, wine, events, cocktails recommended, and that's how everybody listens now. You go to o. R-G, and you'll see it right there, how to sign up for the podcast. Click, and you're good to go. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, our wine broker, Alex Province, And Mark Raymond and Anthony Deserio will be back with us soon. Before we get to the cookbook, we want to talk for a second about this special wine that we have found. But first... The best corn stand you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, throw down. I am so – and we want to do this on Facebook, okay? Okay. Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I am so particular that if somebody says, oh, let's just go to this stand that's closer, I will say, "Mm mm-mm, shake my head, no, no, no. I've got to have that ultimate – Corn on the cob. It is You could eat it endlessly. And and
0: for the record, I just want to say where I get my corn is the best out of all of you. Just (laughs) want to say that. Throw that out there now. Yeah, it is. Mine is much better than. uh, I got a good
1: place too, (laughs) Chef.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: All right, Chris, you go. All right. All right,
0: Young's Farm, East Granby, Connecticut, by far the best corn on the planet Earth.
1: All right. Robin, what do you have? I love Arisco's Farm. They're about a minute away from my house in Cheshire. We could be grilling something, and we say, like, uh, we haven't planned well, and we can run down there, and in five Before minutes. Before the
0: burgers even
2: they're, uh, yes. are medium rare. Yes,
1: oh my God. <laughs> exactly. All right, Alex, promise. So do in
2: my backyard, there's Kohl's, and it is the best. Coles, <laughs> Kohl's? Kohl's Farm. I think Where is farm. it? In and it's in Har- no, 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 in, Mad- in oh, Madison. Yeah, yeah. I so it's get that on, you're in two it's places. on, um, you know, on the way. Yeah.
1: No, it's well. That's the thing with farm stands. Sometimes they're just on the side of the road yeah. somewhere, and you kind of luck out. I, Sometimes people- it's
0: not even a farm stand. I was when we were say. kids, we used to get our corn. It was a pickup truck parked yeah. on the side uh, of the road, honestly. and it had a can. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, an yeah. honor system, and the corn was already yeah. in bags. In Stony
1: Creek, people started talking about this guy on the, you know, the corn, the corn, the corn. I said, "Where is he?" He's in Madison where exactly he's in a truck on the side of the road on route one between guilford so and madison i started cruising the road yeah. all right. until you found a truck he's, on the right the, the he's right off
2: the east river he is also very good this
1: you know this guy. yes yeah. all right so so for me because i spend you know a fair amount of time on the north fork of long island i go to two places sepp's farm stand and latham's farm stand and the corn is particularly sweet and snappy oh. this year. We want to start this conversation on Facebook because we think that these stands and your taste about this is important. So, so go to Fa- these four words yeah. Faith, Middleton, food, schmooze online and let's start this conversation. And you know, if somebody has something to say about what it is that makes the corn so good for you, some people say it's not the sweetness. It's the realness of corn Uh flavor that I remember from another time when sweetness wasn't leading. Other people like me, I like that forward sweetness in my corn. How about corn?
0: What's your favorite corn? Do you like the one that's all yellow? Do you like the ones uh-huh. that are the white one. butter and whatever, yeah. yellow butter and, and white, butter yeah. and sugar, the yellow yeah. and white one? Or do you yeah. like the all-white one? Here's I like an, the all-white one and when they're little kernels.
1: Here's an article I read in yeah. the New York Times that said scientists say the most healthy corn is the one that is all filled with these dark red and purpley kernels. Ooh. And it's kind of hard to find those, uh. but that that has the most whatever yeah. is in corn that is good for our bodies. And so if I see that at a place, I will buy it just because yeah. it's, the
2: it t- yeah, it's the new kale. the new kale. So you know what's amazing is I was in your neck of the woods, yeah. Chris, Then you had to go to Young's and- because there's no better corn on the planet. <laughs> oh, did I say that already? <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I- so I was going to Arethusa to get peach ice cream. Yeah. And on the way there, I passed through so many beautiful rolling hills Richfield, of yeah. corn. Oh. And yeah. I'm thinking – This is the most beautiful state this time of year. We're in a great state. And then I saw the corn like growing right next to the road. You know, you can
0: see it. Don't you want to just pull
1: over? You (laughs) just
2: want to pull over.
1: So, a dear, dear, dear friend of mine, Sarah Krowich, did this thing for me. We we went to a community garden. We took a plot. It was her suggestion. Let's grow corn. And I thought, really, it's going to take up so much room. We're not going to grow anything else. We grew this corn. This is in Rockville, Connecticut. Really? Grew, and we had a corn little cornfield. <gasps> and one day at lunchtime, she said, come to the community garden plot. I'm not going to say anything else. Just come. And when I got there, she brought a hot plate. She put oh, it right God. next to our corn plot, boiling water. She picked it from the cob. It was 60 seconds from the cob. In the thing, and she brought out a stick of butter, and we stood in the rows, and we ate that corn. It was the corn of my life. Honestly, if you have a corn story, go to us right now. (laughs) Whether it's your favorite stand or how you ate the corn or what you do with your corn, go to Faith Middleton Food Schmooze on Facebook. I'm dying to hear these stories. So so there's one thing. I always see people
2: pulling the husks off corn, like looking for something Mm -hmm. inside. To me, I always want to tell people to stop. The idea is take the corn with the husk still on it. Don't peel it back. Soak it in water for... 5, 10, 30 minutes, and then you grill it with the husk on. The husk chars, and then you peel the husk off, and you have the most perfect corn. As Matt would say, it's so sweet, you don't even need butter. So it steams in there. That's yeah. what you're describing. Uh, it burns on the outside and gets charry. So but- smoky
1: steamed. Nice. Oh, Can yeah, I give you yeah, a quick yeah, tip? Go ahead. Don't put salt in your boiling water if you do corn mm-hmm. that way because it, it toughens the kernels. Yeah just boil it and you have to wait an extra five minutes that's okay it won't toughen your kernels i say you can eat it
0: anyway when you get it fresh i don't even cook it. you can eat it raw like in my kitchen at work we'll have like a bushel of corn on the table and someone will actually be shucking it and then cutting the kernels into a bowl and i'm telling you just go and grab a handful of kernels toss them in your mouth Oh my, god, Are so oh, yeah. yeah, oh my god. we making corn chowder? Is anyone making corn chowder? Oh my god. We got to remember to save the husks too, yeah. freeze them for this winter. Yeah. What right? I do is I take good the idea. I take the corn cobs after we've cut them off. Yeah. I crack them in half, I put them in a pot of water, and then I simmer them for 45 minutes. It makes the best corn broth. Uh-huh. And you use that for your chowder, <gasps> and I'm telling you it's heaven. It's just like the sweetest corn, you can freeze it or you can just make corn stock out of it or or corn soup out of it. Corn tea. (laughs) Corn tea, you can make whatever you want out of it. Like this time of year, when we're reheating vegetables on the line in the restaurant, <laughs> we'll just take a spoonful of that and mix it into the vegetables. Uh, these so are amazing
1: good. tips. you got to eat corn every day now. Seriously, yeah. as we get to the end of the corn, mm-hmm. we last year just sliced off corn, 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 corn off the cobs, put yes. it in plastic bags throw it in the into freezer. the freezer. Yes. Not only did we have it for almost a year, but when yeah. we cooked it, mm. it didn't lose flavor yeah. from being in the freezer. It was Fantastic, And this is what people don't understand. You don't have to cook it
0: to do that. Just cut the kernels off, put that in a freezer bag, and just chuck it in your freezer. You don't have to cook the <gasps> corn right, listen, first. <laughs> if you've got
1: a favorite corn stand, if yeah. you have a way to use corn, if you know how to freeze it in a clever way, or you have opinions about salt, no salt, whatever it is, we're like corn-centric <laughs> on yeah. the show. It's my favorite time. That yeah. corn, corn, corn with butter and salt. And sometimes mm. people do it Mexican gold, style butter. with mm. cheese. all. all the Oh, yeah. Irish all right. oh, yeah. Here's oh, where you go. God. You go on Facebook to Faith Middleton Food We went had a conversation going about this. <laughs> corn ice cream, you know, you can make. It's unbelievable.
0: Remember when we were kids, we had our own individual oh, yeah, corn yeah, yeah, holders? Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they were they, yellow yeah, with the yeah, two prongs. They, yeah, they had all not
1: kinds. Not a bad idea. Do you remember yeah. those? You'll poke I, your eye yeah. out. <laughs> I don't mind having my hands on the corn cob. <laughs> the only reason I would use it is if it's too hot, but then I find you can't bite into it either if it's too hot. So what's the point of the I corn it was holder? To to I yeah, And
0: it was just to get us kids <laughs> involved, right?
1: Yeah, fun. For dog owners, can I say something?
2: Dogs cannot eat the cob of corn. So if you leave them around, it's like the number two reason dogs have to have surgery. They Ooh, eat a another. cob and it gets oh, wow. stuck in their stomach and then they have to have it surgically so removed. So away. make away. sure you keep your dog out of the trash if you're eating lots of corn on the cob.
1: Good to know. All right. Here we go. We're going to move over now to this uh, wine that we found, which we enjoyed. And it's a wine that's made by the Coppola family, the film... Francis Ford Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola. You'll see his Coppola wines, but this is a different one. This doesn't have their label on it. It's a kind of sideline for them. And this is called uh, Manteo, or Manteo, M-A-N-T-E-O. And it's about a Native American tradition from Sonoma County... In california it is 17 18 a bottle it's fruit forward it's plummy intense, it's intense it is spicy, it's really it's good if you had a chill on this it would be fantastic mm. we like this yeah. 17 18 Grilled dollars food, you want to bring right. a wine to somebody's yeah. house especially
0: barbecue if you're doing stuff outside
1: barbecue the grill, right. we yeah. had it with uh, pork roast yeah. it kind of yeah. goes with a yeah. lot of things
2: so it's a 30 percent syrah Petit Verdot, 25% Cabernet Sauvignon, and 15% Petit Syrah. So it's sort of like a Bordeaux blend. So
1: I was going to say, these are all wines with a little backbone, a little Mm -hmm. structure, a little oomph to them. So you could have this with chicken, pork, mm-hmm. beef, you know, even tomato sauce. This stood up. Chris made yeah, an amazing totally. tomato you sauce. You can
2: taste the warmth of the barrel, too. It's like 13 months in yeah. French and American barrels. So if you like barrely nice. big reds.
1: Nice. It's on our website, foodschmooze.org. There's a thing to say at the wine store about the distributor, CDI. which is um, Connecticut Distributors. So if you can spring Sold. for $17, <laughs> $18. Uh, we'll be over. have got a good one. <laughs> yeah, invite us over. <laughs> we get you several of them and Facebook. we'll be over. <laughs> um, so this is, this is good um, Coming up we have the author of Stuart O'Keefe is an Irishman And where do you hear this voice The quick six fix in there We've got a black and white bread pudding We have uh, an incredible mac and cheese The pork roast with some cabbage That Chris made for us All straight out of this cookbook So check that out You know, it is uh, hunting season for some people. (laughs) Oh,
0: it's getting to be.
1: It's getting to be. Yeah, as (laughs) there starts to be looking forward to a chill in the air. Chris, you did.
0: Yeah, for this friends.
1: Wild this is he did this for friends. So yep. you know, huh. you, you there were rules about all this stuff, so nope. he didn't do this in the restaurant. No. Of... He did this, is this for friends. just a private yeah. dinner. This was all hunted food. A bunch yes. of hunters got together and they yep. asked you to cook what?
0: We've been doing it for about ten years now. And this year we had elk. I think it was from Colorado. Mm-hmm. Wow. Elk we is had delicious. wild boar from Texas. Yeah. Wow. We had venison from around here. And then the funkiest one of all is we had squirrel from the New Haven region, so. which was smoked, and we put it on top of a pizza.
1: Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I grew up, and my father liked to go to um, uh, a, a, a kind of game store, mm-hmm. fowling game on in Hartford. Yeah. My father would go there and buy squirrel. Yeah. They would clean it. It tastes exactly like chicken. And, and let me tell you. It's I,
0: all acorn-fed. Yes, right, and and
1: who knew, who knew in Connecticut
0: there's actually a squirrel hunting season? I'm not sure when no. it is because this was frozen squirrel that we used.
1: I'm such a hypocrite. There are certain animals where Can't I just think, think, oh, well, really? We've one in our attic. Yeah. Yeah. You you've been I'm raising? Squirrel. <laughs> He's coming in through the it's skylight. skylight. You know, I'm really it's so hypocritical because I will. I love venison. Mm. The elk is so gorgeous. I love yeah. the elk meat. I love cows when I see them. Mm-hmm. I don't. I but somehow in my way of being raised, that the mm-hmm. animal. Anyway, just the way it is. Honestly. I'll stick with the corn. <laughs> Chris, yeah. before we get to our yeah. bread pudding and the mac and cheese yeah, and all that yeah, yeah. and the pork roast, you're raising pigs on your I'm farm, probably. Pigs. Yeah,
0: with the neighbors. It's two Berkshire hogs. I've named them lunch and dinner. And they're oh, eating all the food from the restaurant. Yeah. So basically, the trimmings when we peel carrots, uh, yeah. when we cut oh. up watermelon, yeah. the rinds. And how big and
1: were they when you got them?
0: About 40, 50 pounds. And now and they're pushing they about made? 180.
1: 180
0: mm-hmm. each. So they yeah. have a ways to go,
1: though. So a little bit more. But not, three times. Yeah, not size. too much longer. C-
2: can we make <laughs> chidito together? We could when, make whatever you want. If together. you save some, we can all mm-hmm. make sausage. Chirizo yeah, sausage. Could. It's really easy. It, it is. It's very pure yeah, Paprika, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then we'll cure it. Yeah, for, we'll do it this yeah. winter. Wow. It would be a yeah. great time to do this it. This is your relative's yeah. did this. Yeah, in we, we, my mom's made it as well. We could get her help if we wanted to try it. And again, this isn't
0: for the restaurant. This is just for fun, just so we can have good pork and oil. Right, that's And make make it. All that the bacon. Good. Wait till you try the bacon.
1: Oh, my gosh. We any any <laughs> piece of pork that you can give me. I'm, like I'm happy. I love pork. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We've got coming up Stuart O'Keefe, one of the most charming people on the planet. More mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. He talks about bread pudding. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers for on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Schmooze Party to your computer every week. And to find our food, wine, and cocktail, restaurant recommendations, short, fun streaming videos, recipes, we're always online talking with you at foodschmooze.org. We'll be right back. One more mouth watering bite of the Fuchsmous coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR1. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR1 and start listening. Let's party on more Fuchsmoose. It's just This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York. By New York, we mean Westchester County, the East End of Long Island, the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken To hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at three and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. Of course, you you can talk with us on Facebook to search Faith Middleton Fooch Moose. Now, we've been waiting for this. We just tried one of the recipes from the book. It was so delicious. And we're going to do a little bit of leftover summer because we've got a burger, an Asian burger coming for you. We've got a Yankee Irish mac and cheese. We've oh, yeah. got a lot of stuff. We're going to talk now with Stuart O'Keefe. He is an Irish-born, California-based chef. He received his degree in culinary arts from the Dublin Institute of Technology. He trained in Bordeaux and the Napa Valley. This is an enviable life, I think. He has <laughs> um, starred in Stuart's Kitchen on Irish television. He's been on the Food Network. He lives in Los Angeles. Seriously, he has lived in all the great places. Oh, yeah. you yeah. got to somehow get, I don't know, Cannes and Provence. You have to get in. There, Stuart. Welcome to the Fuchs Party. Hi,
3: thanks for having me, guys. Oh, I really it's a, it. It.
1: it's our pleasure. Give us a little bit of your philosophy. The book is called "The Quick Six Fix." Six, six ingredients, fix. six minutes prep, S- six minutes cleanup.
3: That's right. I wanted to write a book for so long and I look at a lot of cookbooks and obviously I do my research. I just always felt like when I would see recipes, I would just be like, oh my God, they're so long, there's too many ingredients and sometimes you can't find the ingredients. So I just wanted to create a book that was back to basics, simple food, nice meals that you can just make at home at a fast pace. And just really minimize on that prep time and the cleanup time. When I get asked the question like, what's the one thing or two things you don't like about cooking? And I'm like the prep because you just want to get going, you know what I mean? Like you just want to start cooking the food and, and that can slow you down. So I really wanted to keep that at a minimum. And then I mean, I don't know who likes cleaning up, because I certainly don't. Stuart, we're like we're
1: all making big eyes at you right now. It was like, ooh, we love him. So I'm surprised hearing this from you with your experience in the food world that you have yeah. people helping you. You know, as no, of Chris course. talks about. Yeah. You have a prep staff. So
3: Yeah, I kinda do a lot of the prep myself. You know, I do a lot of private gigs as well and dinner parties and so forth and I bring a few people with me but I kind of get scared letting anybody else do it so I feel like I have to do it but um, the cleanup, I'm like everybody dive in I don't care who wants to clean up I'll be outside <laughs> yeah exactly growing up like my dad never liked to do it so I'd always like see him complain about cleaning up after my mom will cook so <laughs> I think it really comes from something
1: like that <laughs> this is why the men are grill people yeah like... there's no cleanup. yeah exactly okay. brush <laughs>
3: done everything um. is like yeah, foil containers. Yeah, like, everything goes in the trash afterwards. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was setting up an apartment recently and. Uh, I brought in to start with lots of paper plates and cups and plastic <laughs> knives and forks, and we get to the end of a meal and I would just throw everything away. And I thought this uh-huh. is fantastic.
3: <laughs> why? why aren't we some all this? great disposable things out there right now? They're the ones that look real, but you can actually throw them away. I know. It's I'm better. embarrassed
1: to say, but that's the truth. All right, let's talk about this Asian burger. Let me just say what is in here. You you have this soy ketchup, and that is simply yeah. tomato ketchup with some soy sauce and hoisin sauce. Hoisin sauce juice of a lime I like that and then what's in your burger patty
3: the burger patty then you have some rice wine vinegar some sugars for a bit of sweetness to override the tartness of the vinegar a red onion like a minced red onion you know when I look back at this burger it really is like the way my mom would make burgers when I grew up like oh. she would put a minced onion in there she would put cheddar cheese in there I added the vinegar in there just to give it a bit of sharpness I kind of like that mm. and um, my mom would never just like buy meat and just put it on the pan she always like I have to put an onion in there like season it up really well Ch- so some British. cheddar cheese oh yeah like, like you know, let's incorporate all the, all the ingredients <laughs> yeah. in the burger so I don't have to put them on the burger so that's kind of this where this comes from and I'm just like obsessed with Asian food Chinese food mm. is like my favourite food Chinese ribs forget about it I could eat them every day of the week <laughs> and it's usually some kind of like sauce that's like on ribs or like you know you have like a general sauce chicken it's kind yeah. of that soy ketchup kind of reminds me of those flavours and that's why I chose that to go on the Burger.
1: And as you know, I'm Scotch. And so I think in both our traditions, Stuart, there is the meat pies that mm-hmm, have yeah. bread and spices and seasonings in them it's not just the meat there are things we put in the meat and so you i think do. that's why yeah. that's happening
3: i think so. it yeah it probably is a big thing from where we come from cuz we yeah. do like we love the shepherd's pie we like casseroles we like stews yeah. and yeah. and that we just like just put everything in it so i think it's like <laughs> shortcuts we don't we we, we don't want to do the extra work you know <laughs> just
1: put it in the pot
3: okay. throw it in there it'll be fine it'll cook I know.
1: so listen i know that we are in this bumper season uh-huh. and we are both anticipating the foods of fall and the markets are Mm -hmm. booming. There's an abundance of things. So I'm going to now switch over in your book. This is Stuart O'Keefe. His book is called The Quick Six Fix. Six ingredients, six minutes prep, six minutes cleanup. Change your life. Change your life. <laughs> six, minutes. six minutes. This is really in what we six want. W- that just to be clear, just to make it clear, it's not si-
3: – like the recipes are not six minutes, but they're around 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. You can find me a recipe you can do in six minutes, which there are a few. I did one on Rachel Ray, which was awesome. It was like a, an Alfredo sauce in six minutes. Which was cool because pasta only takes about five or six if you use like a cappellini pasta. But um, very al dente. Yeah, maybe that's the next book, like six six minute recipes. Oh my god! Then there's man. like a denture so commercial.
1: <laughs> okay, so we are nuts about uh, mac and cheese, and this is your own Stewart's Irish Yankee Mac and Cheese. This recipe is on our website right now at foodschmooze.org. You can see what it looks like. It's gorgeous. We've got this the macaroni. Yeah, macaroni a little. bit Bit of canola oil, bacon that is diced up. Oh, we love that. Garlic and butter, a little touch of flour at the thickening of the sauce, some milk, sharp white cheddar cheese. In Britain, they've got gorgeous cheddars. Salt and pepper and frozen peas and grated Parmesan cheese. Okay, how does it come together?
3: Preheat that oven to 375. Boil your pasta. I always like to cook it about two minutes less than the package instructions because it just keeps continuing to cook. So give that one or two minutes before um, before it says to be done. So you, um, why
1: are you cooking the pasta ahead of the baking?
3: We're going to be putting it back in the oven so it is going to finish cooking and you don't want it mushy and soft. There's nothing worse than mm. mushy pasta to right, me. Exactly. So, um, so having it like somewhat al dente it'll be fine it'll finish off in the cooking process don't even worry about it. Perfect. Um, get your skillet cook off your bacon four to five minutes add your garlic in there for another minute and now you want to remove that but you're going to keep all those fantastic flavours in the pan and so with the same skillet you're going to melt the butter and you're going to whisk in the flour and we're going to basically make a bechamel here you're going to wait for like the paste to form when the butter and flour mix keep whisking and you're going to add in the milk in a slow stream and just keep mixing it. it'll start to thicken it does take about 8 to 10 minutes for this process to happen but I mean come on we're making mac and cheese like we can wait right? it's um, 8 minutes yeah it is totally worth it, it's, look, it's worth an that hour. If it, if it took an hour, it's worth an hour.
1: Um, I would, do, I would spend a in, work day on this. Go ahead. <laughs> right? I mean, if you could make this
3: in the crock pot, we all would. Um, you're going to add in the cheddar cheese in thirds. Let the first batch melt. Then add in your second batch and your third batch. Season up with salt and pepper and don't forget to taste it. Just taste it as you go along. Mm. You want it at the right flavor for good, yourself. Good, good, um, Then you're going to add in that macaroni, the cheese. Back in with the bacon and garlic. Don't forget that. Just keep it close to you. I tend to forget things too. You can put it to the side and you're, you keep going. You're like, oh man, I forgot it. But if you did forget it, you can just throw it on top at the end. No and big deal. Do the
1: peas go in here too, don't they at this yeah, point? The yeah.
3: Peas, yeah, and the peas can be frozen because they're going to thaw out. and um, You can thaw them out beforehand, but again, if you forgot, no big deal. You're going to sprinkle finally finely with the Parmesan cheese. That's going to give a nice little crust on the top. And we're going to bake it in the oven for about 20 minutes. If you didn't want to bake it in the oven, I mean, it's good enough to serve from the skillet. Like it honestly yeah. is. And what you could yeah, do, what say. you could, do, I like what it you like could that. do, if you wanted to get, um, if you wanted to put it in, we'll say like you know a baking dish. If you wanted to get some like the breadcrumbs, what the Japanese panko. breadcrumbs, the peko? The panko, panko breadcrumbs. Yeah, if you wanted to toast some panko breadcrumbs on a tray and just sprinkle the breadcrumbs on top, that's an awesome mm. way to do it too. And um, we used to do that in Napa Valley. I used to work at a restaurant also called Market in St. Helena and uh, mm-hmm. they used to toast their breadcrumbs and sprinkle it on the top at the very end before they'd send it out to the table mm. and it's just really nice to get the nice crunch in there as well.
1: So on our website foodschmooze.org Stewart's Irish Yankee Mac and Cheese What strikes me about this recipe is so many people, because of the way I think that um, wheat is being manufactured, corporatized, Mm -hmm. there are many people, this is not just a lifestyle issue, but many people who've been made sick by gluten, because Mm -hmm. the gluten is higher in modern wheat production. Um, This would be so easy to convert to gluten-free. So easy. Instead of flour to thicken the sauce, you would use, say, cornstarch right and certainly yeah. uh, gluten-free pasta and you're good to go
3: and there's good gluten-free flours out there too i mean if you look out mm-hmm. for them and you know Bob bob's mills has some really good ones out there as well yeah. so you can also grab one of those which totally be fine and look you could have fun with the pasta too try different shapes and sizes seriously i love oh. the, i'm obsessed right now with those massive like rigatoni uh-huh. rounds big, big ones, i'm right? getting those all the time yeah. yeah i was in i just got back from france i was yeah. seeing my sister and um I made my bolognese sauce for them and, um, uh-huh. and I got these like massive big like rounds. And, yeah, like, they're like were an upsetting. inch. Right? It was just re- it's like a, <laughs> yeah, up, a, huge. a hot cat. Yeah, to like, yeah exactly. It's like totally, it's, it's so big, it's like so obnoxious. Good. But uh, I mean, all you need is about like six of them and you're stuffed. <laughs> you <know? laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, this is Stuart O'Keefe. We clearly adore him. His book is called The Quick Six Fix. It's on our website right now. Information about it, how you can get it, what's in it. And that is at foodchums.org. Plus, this recipe. And Chris Prosperi of Metro Beast just made this for us. And it is delicious, crazy delicious. It like, is in the studio right now. You guys are eating it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. we just Ugh. finished. So I mean, else. really, we, we feel that we owe that to our cookbook authors. And so Chris made for us your mustard crusted pork with apple cabbage slaw. Oh, yeah. And it was so good, Chris. Chris, it's tell me how what it was like easy. to make it
0: too easy. It was too it, easy.
3: You, I agree. You, you take like, mustard. I mean, I know it's my book, but I do agree with you. You take <laughs> mustard and
0: olive oil and whisk it together. You take your pork yeah. loin, you dry it off a little bit, you put some salt and pepper on it, and then you take your hands and you just smother the pork tenderloin with this mustard-olive oil mixture. Let that sit while you go and cut up a little bit of cabbage, grate an apple, put a pan on the stove. You put a little bit of vinegar, a little bit of sugar in the pan. And that's it It's so good And then you just throw Everything in the pan You throw the pork In the oven 145 It's a perfect
1: Where does the cabbage go You
0: bring that Little vinegar mixture Up to a boil And then you throw In your cabbage In the pan In the the pan As soon as the sugar Dissolves You throw it in the pan And then you just Keep stirring it Until it sort of Wilts down Stovetop Stovetop And it's not even It's too good For the amount of work See I was thinking That cabbage was like Your mom Your Austrian mom's Like recipe No And I like it Because sometimes When you braise cabbage like the German style, you cook it for, like, days almost. Mm-hmm. This one, yeah. what, five minutes, seven minutes till it kind of and wilted? Th- I like the
3: crunch. You can totally get those, like, shredded cabbage already in a bag. If you're stuck for time, I mean, it can be time-consuming shredding cabbage. I get it. You know, like Trader Joe's, they all have, like, cabbage shredded up, and it's, it's really good. Yeah, so, I agree. So so let me, there's let shortcuts me, all out there. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Robin, kids, would you make this on a weeknight considering how it, I mean it just really comes together absolutely I'm making anything in this book if it's six minutes of prep and six minutes of cleanup.
3: <laughs> I timed it I had to time it <laughs> Indeed. Really great yeah and you know, it didn't
0: take I tell you what the, the pork one didn't take six minutes well I mean thing, cooking, and like, I was a bad lenient but... so yeah. anything
3: that would take me four I would just be like you know what if they're not as fast as me let's just put an extra minute or two on there mm, just for people okay. you know what I mean this is good yeah, just, because yeah.
0: sometimes I do recipes and it's like 15 minutes later You're still working on it. This, I was standing there looking at the cabbage going, That's it.
1: It was, (laughs) that's really it. (laughs) I mean, we like to be able to test the featured recipe. And so it was so, so good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's switch over to a dessert. I, for years, I don't know what happened to me, I did not eat bread pudding. And then I tasted someone's bread pudding at the table, and I just almost fell out of my chair. And I thought, <laughs> I had no idea was like this. What's wrong with me? So this is black and white croissant bread pudding. Yeah. Imagine this. This I mean, is all, it's, butter, it's, uh, eggs, heavy cream, whole milk. Light brown sugar. Trying to lose weight, don't make this
3: recipe. (laughs) A little. 60 minutes
2: at the gym.
1: A little vanilla extract. Um, Day old (laughs) croissants, bittersweet chocolate, white chocolate chips, and a little bit of either whipped cream or creme fraiche for people who can get it or make it. Okay, so tell me about how this came together.
3: I used to make these in small little ramekins when I first moved to LA and I used to make them for dinner parties. No joke, I would make them for celebrities and in people's homes and so forth and they were just obsessed. And when you would actually bake them in a ramekin, the bread pudding would actually rise up so it almost looked like kind of a souffle. It's just a combination of everything. I mean, you have croissants in there with like a creme anglaise. It's like, oh my God. It's just, I mean, you can't go wrong, you know. That's actually <laughs> a great thing about this dessert. You can make this the night before, put it in that kind of baking dish, and just press it down so you really get that nice soakage from the liquid. And just cover it and put it in the fridge overnight.
1: If you don't use leftover croissant, you can use challah oh, yeah. bread.
3: challah. You can use brioche, which yeah. is really good too. Anything loaded so. with butter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: This is and look, if you don't pudding.
3: have that, you could use regular bread as well. And you add could butter. use a, rais- a raisin, raisin yeah. bread would be so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just add butter, <laughs> so melt some butter yeah. in there, and throw exactly. it exactly, just pot. like another like stick.
1: <laughs> this is on our website too. The black and white croissant bread pudding at foodschmooze.org. You are the best. I hope you will be a guest with us again, Stuart. Abs- O'Keefe. Anytime,
3: absolutely. And the book is <laughs> called, you. as
1: you'll see on the website, the Quick Six Fix: Six Ingredients, Six Minutes Prep, Six Minutes cleanups the way we all are living right now unless you're lucky really really lucky right. thank you so much Stuart. bye guys have hey, a great day okay. hey, thanks. you too we're on wnpr thursdays at three saturdays at noon weekdays listen for my 60 second food schmoozes in new haven i'm faith middleton come my This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.